Genre. To Spider-Man Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze and celebrate the movie Spider-Man one MJ screaming minute at a time. <laughs> I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Zach Luna. And I'm Adam Bumas from Luton Bus. Hey, Adam. Thanks for being here today. Welcome. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Adam's uh, joining us to talk about Minute 104, <clears throat> which starts with... Uh, the, the, uh, the men on the boat telling them that they're going to, they're going to park the barge right underneath, uh, Spider-Man <laughs> and, uh, ends with MJ screaming as Spidey reaches for the cable. Yes. This is the, um, pretty much an action only minute. This, this sequence. Uh, yeah, basically, yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, there's some interesting stuff in here though that, that, that I like. I mean, I think, I think, um. It's really easy to make fun of a performance like what uh, what Kirsten Dunst is doing here with mm. the constant, just like the just a lot, a lot of screaming. Sure. I think it's really easy to make fun of, in the same way that it's easy to make fun of like the Toby Tears thing, <laughs> right. um, because when you take it out of context, it it feels a little silly and, sure. and whatever and. And now, you know, we've made so many of these superhero movies that we see, um, you know, women that are more uh, action oriented and, and, and a little more like even even in um, even Gwen in Amazing Spider-Man 2 is a little more uh, like, you know, I'm, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to go do the thing. Right. And right, exactly. that's that's what I'm going to go do. And whatever. Like, she's not screaming a bunch and, and whatnot. Um but what I do like about what she's doing here, there's that bit where he where she says he's coming back and like screams and like freaks out. And I was just yeah. thinking I was like, I was like, man, like chill out. And then I was like, just like thinking about the actual situation that she's in <laughs> where this guy in a costume, like just kidnapped her, took her to a bridge and then pushed her off the bridge, like literally just tried to murder her. Yeah. And she she was saved and is like, oh, my God, I'm alive. And now he's coming back. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'd be pretty freaked out, too. Totally. So, yeah. like, I, I like that she's sort of reacting in a um, almost like a slasher film sort of way. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, queen. the psycho yeah. killer is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The psycho killer is about to try and kill me again. Like, yeah, no. You know what? Like, this is. Uh, I, I, I think her reaction in this situation is uh, completely warranted. Absolutely. Yeah. And and he does look super menacing in that, like, well, just in general in this scene, but also specifically this sort of, like, tilt up, like, skyward shot where he's coming, dropping in from above, like, a, I don't know, predatory bird or something. Like, he's just a mani cackling maniac. And 
It's it's easier oh, earlier yeah. in the movie to laugh at the goblin, but that would be really genuinely scary <laughs> in the moment. Like, I don't care yeah. how goofy you look if you're actively trying to kill me. I'm going to be pretty freaked out uh, in the moment. My reference yeah. point for this situation is like the woman tied to the train tracks because <laughs> that's sort of what's going on with the tram. Yeah. It, it's mm-hmm. it's some kind of public transport, and she is and well, Spider Man too. He's just suspended between the cables, yeah. trying to yeah, and it's. It's not exactly the oncoming train. Instead, it's closer to like he has to save the people on the train. Yeah. Like to go to another superhero movie, The Incredibles, when he has to rescue the tram. Oh, yeah. The monorail. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's still this sort of like looming uh, situational danger. Like there's there's a ticking uh, clock mechanism. Like in this, it's less the approaching train and more the web snapping. But it's still that sort of scenario where... A maniac deliberately put you in this situation where you're just waiting for death and then desperately trying to get away from it. Like, it warrants a scream or two. It's <laughs> pretty alarming one way or another. Um, yeah, I, it, it, spe- yeah, speaking of which, there's a bit in the minute where the web starts sort of snapping under the weight of him and the tram and the cable and yeah. Mary Jane. Is that the first time in the movie when we see the webs have a sort of upper limit of their tensile strength? I, I think so, yeah. Because we, yeah. what, yesterday's minute was just when it grabbed on. So this is the first time that it's like mm-hmm. been straining under a load uh, in any real way. Although to be to be completely honest, we haven't really gotten a lot of indication of how strong these webs even are, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. That that I can think of. Like it wasn't ever it it was, you know, you know, we learned that it was strong enough to hold Peter's weight. Yes. I think that was the last time that was ever really dealt with in the movie was just learning that. Yeah. And then I can't, I I guess to a certain, right. And then I guess to a certain extent, you know, it was strong enough to hold MJ or, or whatever when he, you know, picks her up at the, um, at the, uh, unity festival. Right. But, uh, but that wasn't, that wasn't ever questioned. Like it wasn't, it was never a thing where, you know, Spider-Man was like, Oh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. <laughs> um, it was just sort of assumed. And so we went from not knowing how strong it is to just assuming that it's strong, strong enough for basically anything. And this is, this is the first indication that we're getting that there's any sort of weight limit whatsoever yeah. uh, to the, to the webbing. And to Spider-Man. I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> True. I'm not really up Strength on this. Uh, I know spider silk, act like the actual stuff that spiders excrete. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the old saying is it's stronger than steel. Mm-hmm. But considering how thin threads of actual spider silk, like it, 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 with real spiders, they come out in these very tiny, very thin threads. Mm-hmm. And with Spider-Man, they come out in ropes. Right. And right. And even so, it's like like cross section wise, you know, even a, a relatively small increase in diameter is actually a lot of increase in like the surface area of the cross section. So like in terms of like steel strength, if we're thinking stronger than steel, like the cable that holds up this tram car is, you know, what baseball bat thickness around? I don't know. Something like that. It, that's, it's bigger than that. Yeah, maybe, that's real maybe, steel. Yeah. And his is like what a pencil thickness. Like how thick is his webbing? 
when it comes out in a rope. So like it already has to be like dozens of times stronger than steel just to equal the weight that's being held here. So like even if we were like, oh yeah, it's like, I don't know, five times stronger than steel, this is still a huge uh strain on that, like dimensionally. I don't know. Well, and I and I think that the the webbing design, it's just um it's it's sort of like a uh I mean, it's kind of the same. It's the same thing as the spider strands because like the spider strand is super thin, Hmm. but it's just thin in terms of the spider and the spider can still walk on it. So like the idea is that it is extremely strong despite how thin it is. And if I'm like Googling like, um, you know, spider webbing close up images Mm -hmm. and they are still like kind of like weird, intricate things like just a strand of spider web Mm -hmm. kind of looks like this where it's all sort of reinforced and everything so waves yeah right so i i think it's it's just meant to be like you know he's bigger than a spider so his webbing would be bigger than a spider's webbing. but it's yeah yeah but it's it's still kind of i think based on the same uh sort of general design um not exactly because you know they want it to look a little neater Mm -hmm. Um, and more uniform in a film mm-hmm. uh, than it would be in nature. But it, 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 I think it's still um, sort of, uh, you know, based on that that same kind of uh, look. Yeah. I don't know. I assume. At, at any rate, yeah. it feels Com- a combination of, yeah. A, yeah, a combination of that and the way that spider webbing is, is generally drawn in Spider-Man. Comics. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Which we always have to know. return to as the uh, it, barometer. It, <laughs> yeah. It, it always comes out as a web, like actual spiders, they have to they have to weave the web, but it just comes out mm-hmm. in that awesome looking, like not exactly regular but vaguely geometrical pattern. Yeah, I, th- sort of I, think, orb-like it's not, I think it's non Newtonian, if I had to guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I know later in the week in um, like in the uh, Roosevelt Island sequence, like the hulking ruin, there's a whole bit where he spins instead of just one strand like a big net and it kind of comes out like the orb already so i i feel like spidey's powers have like a bit of extra oomph in terms of uh, like webbing possibilities than a than a standard spider spinneret is and i think the rule is usually just on what looks cool like what oh what of course cool. yeah. that, that's always the real reason <laughs> yeah right yeah. <laughs> um this uh okay so we have the snapping web which is like a ticking clock device story wise mm-hmm. just like a little bit more scary because you have that elastic like snap 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 every once in a while where I, right. f- I feel like the dynamic load is gonna drop a lot faster than just a counting down from ten seconds type of thing um, yeah I don't know also the the uh the the amount of weight. And the drop on those first like snapping strands, I feel like that would have just killed the rest of the webbing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just from the just from the weight of like the pull of the drop, right? You know, yeah, because like the strength of any um, like cord isn't just about like what weight it can hold. It's like when you drop a weight on the end of it, that like dynamic load is way worse, way right. harder. Like a person, right. it's something like a person jumping up and down. Like the person only weighs like what 160 pounds or something, but the the force of them jumping up and down at the end of something can be like, you know, thousands of pounds. So right. yeah, it's ugh. even if we have not had any like clear specific, like rules laid down about how strong his webbing is, I would be concerned about it breaking regardless. 
uh, here. I, so. I think uh, that's why I say it's non-Newtonian because mm. non-Newtonian fluids they get stronger when more force is applied to them. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, like the cornstarch and water type of thing, where like you can mm. put your hand through it slowly and it's like goop, but if you like hit it with a hammer, it becomes solid and. Uh, resilient or something oh. yeah okay. fun that trick to sense. try at home if you want to make uh, mix cornstarch and water and find a way to put it in front of a speaker oh or like yeah put a speaker going yeah. up and put it on top of that that's just fun to watch <laughs> yeah it's just cool oh stuff. yeah yeah <laughs> but fun Absolutely. science tricks of the sort that peter would enjoy <laughs> indeed <laughs> um Let's see. The I I will say, yeah, I I appreciate you being sort of generous to MJ's character here because I've always thought that like this moment here, the like, so we have the, you know, he almost loses it or whatever. He says, "Go down, hold on tight, quickly or whatever." Uh, yeah. And she sort of looks up and says, "I can, I can't do it." I've always sort of felt in my brain that that was like my least favorite MJ moment in the movie. That sort of like, yeah. I don't know that that particular moment is less uh, for I'm less forgiving of Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. because that's a thing where it's like, what's your other option? Like, just (laughs) like you're you're stuck on this thing. Like, what? I I can't do anything. I'm holding the whole thing up. So like you you have to go down like you don't have a choice. But, you know, the the movie uh, does sort of um call her on it a little bit because <laughs> right after she says that is when the green goblin comes down past and like sort of toys with spider-man by you know giving him a little little shove so he'll drop the rope and then she falls and so you know the the movie definitely uh she definitely pays for it you're right, uh, right. as as a result of not going down so the, <sighs> the movie certainly knows that like it, it, the movie itself is sort of rolling its eyes at MJ as much as we are in that <laughs> yeah, moment. I guess that's a you way know? to phrase it. Yeah, it's like <laughs> her mo- her most ineffectual damselly moment is at least, uh, I don't know, framed in a way where we believe she can do it. It's not just It's not just like, oh, she's helpless. It's like, no, we know you're not helpless. Come on, participate, mm-hmm. which I guess is a better distinction. Makes me feel a little bit better about it. Right. Yeah. I, I think too. It's. I mean, this has got to be really overwhelming because we just started covering this last week. Uh-huh. Um. So we're talking about no, not even last week. This the, on Monday. Yeah. So it's this has only been happening for about four minutes. She woke up four minutes ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. I mean. <laughs> Maybe we should be a little more forgiving. <laughs> I don't think I can even find like my socks after being awake for four minutes. So yeah, I... no, yeah, <laughs> she woke up four minutes ago, and a lot has happened in four minutes. Yeah, I'll give you some some leeway there. Um, oh, speaking of like giving people some some leeway that you know, if I've been harsher in the past, I know we've given CGI Spidey a lot of guff over the last hundred and four episodes, but um. Mm-hmm. This I think is the best he looks CGI Spidey. Like so, we 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 get the first mm-hmm. punch where there's the issue, and then the second punch at the very end of the minute where he gets knocked off of the cable itself. Right. He does this like backflip bit, and I think it's the most convincing that CGI Spidey ever looks, especially because it's also slow motion, which is when we're sort of least forgiving. Like I think that that moment works with both of the CGI models, like the how visceral yeah. the punch is and that like desperate you know, reaching out towards it. Like I'm, I'm not mm. anymore kind of going like, Oh yeah. CGI Spidey. I'm just sort of paying attention to the drama there. So it looks better at night. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think it just looks better at night and it looks better that because we're not, we're not focusing on the entirety of his body. Like they're, they're sort of, he's sort of being pushed toward the camera and then we're only getting like a piece of him, so they can really focus on right, that. Right. Right. Um, I, I just, I think that, uh, you know the way that we're framing this uh this segment of the of the action um in the cg mm. is just uh it's i think it's just working better yeah um from that perspective because i mean the thing that you got to remember um and we all need to remember when we're we're watching you know cg in these early movies is like they didn't know how to shoot it yet they didn't yeah. know what they what they could and couldn't get away with Right. And I think that, you know, they they learn a lot because I can't remember any truly. I mean, well, I guess we'll find out next year, but yeah. I can't remember any truly egregious CGI Spideys in um, Spider-Man 2. Right. So so I feel like they must have learned a lot from, from this, this movie. That's like a training ground. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. I like I like the way the whole bridge thing looks. I mean, I know they they obviously built a whole section of it here. So I, I doubt it's like all CGI, the bridge itself. Like it's probably models combined with location footage and stuff like that, but they feel well integrated right. into the area, which I, for, for me, the tram doesn't look very convincing. Yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Which is, yeah, which is surprising. Cause it's not usually not real things are what look the best in early CG inanimate objects. Yeah. yeah. You know, something with, geometric hard edges and things like that it should be simpler but yeah i don't know it doesn't quite uh look it just doesn't doesn't quite look. i, I, I really think i yet. think it might be too light like you say it is night the usual the usual way to go is because of that we can hide the parts that don't look quite right in shadow yeah. but if you actually look at it there's there's quite a bit of illumination yeah mm-hmm. yeah like unnaturally so like they wanted to make sure we could see it in the frame but it just serves to make it look more like pasted in there or something i don't know i don't know um, uh, um, yeah. <laughs> maybe i catch it because i i've sort of seen it a lot in person i think that's a good segue yeah sure yeah i mean you yeah, it, one of the reasons we had you on the show is that you are uh like a geo like geographic location new york like uh, expert in some capacity, like this is your this is your neck of the woods, right? Like, this uh, is, yeah, I yeah. I am from Queens. I'm from Jackson Heights, nice neighborhood. Uh-huh. Uh, I I uh, uh, I am a sort of amateur historian. I like uh, I like going deep on like the whys and wherefores and hows of New York, mm-hmm. and uh, and as a result, I've always liked. The, the the Spider-Man movies because there's a lot of depth there in that area. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and is this what, Queensboro Bridge? Uh, was this 59th Street, 60th Street? Like yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Like is this like a um a like particularly important like landmark in in that era of town? Like is this like what people have to use to get into Manhattan or what's it's like? Um, function, I guess. I don't know. Well, if you got to get into Manhattan, you take the train. Oh, sure. <laughs> like early, earlier in the movie, like at some point, Peter has to drive into Manhattan. And he said, "Oh, I'll take the train." And Uncle Ben said, "Oh no, I'll drive you." It's like, excuse me. <laughs> uh, I know because we only get like these, this one particular particular location, really, the bridge and the tram, which goes to Roosevelt Island. So I guess we could talk about Roosevelt Island as well. But uh, 
we won't get to talk about other like uh iconic locations in this minute but if you have like specific ones that stuck out to you or like any surprising discoveries in rewatching the minute um i i think today's is good a minute to do it as any because it's really just you know <laughs> cgi yeah, swinging yeah. around <laughs> yeah in in yeah i actually did a rewatch and i drew up a sort of full list i don't think i should go through every single like point on it fair enough <laughs> but uh, uh but i something that's seriously worth noting it's i i'm surprised no one had sussed it out before like mm-hmm. it's the very first shot of the movie mm-hmm this was this blew my mind when I saw it. Like the very first shot of the movie, it's like after the credits, the CGI web turns into a regular web, and it's on like the side of an apartment building, and you like see Queens where the bus is, right. and and that building, that apartment building, it's on the side of. It is the same apartment building that Tom Holland's Peter lives in in Homecoming. Oh. That's that's cool. Awesome. That it is on it is on Forty Fourth Street. I've been by there. It's very close to my elementary school. Oh, it's man. the v- exact same building. Huh. There's. I mean, that had to be on purpose, right? Like, there's no way. Uh, I don't know. Well, like that. No, would that wouldn't be on purpose. I. I. I mean, the thing about the thing about like location shooting mm. is that. Like, you know, some, some, I mean, there's reasons why you keep seeing the same buildings and same places pop up over and over and over again. And I mean, how many times has that, um, that castle mansion in Vancouver been used over and over and over again? It was like, it was like the Queens mansion. It was the mansion in Smallville. It was the mansion, I think in one of the X-Men movies. I mean, it's just over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't know. Well, I, do, I, I yeah. don't. I don't. I doubt it was on purpose. I, I was probably just like an accident. And they were. And if they realized it, I bet they were just like, "Oh, well, that's fun." That and is that fun. was. Yeah, it is probably. fun. Well, I just. I because mean, obviously there are some places that are more amenable to filming. Like I know there's like, cert, like in Los Angeles, there's even some places where the homeowners have their own agent specifically for their house because mm-hmm. it's like you know an old 1920s house or something that gets used in all these period pieces or like the. Um, uh, there's like an Aztec temple type looking house up in Griffith Park that they use in everything in like Blade Runner and like Buffy the Vampire. It's like a, a lair looking place. But I would assume in terms of like apartment buildings that are amenable to filming, there's a handful you could choose from. And the fact that they, you know, landed on the same one, not just to begin the entire Spider-Man franchise, but to have Peter live in, in the in the second one. If it is a happy coincidence, I think it's a real cool one. Like, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, <laughs> it's, it's kind of magical. I don't know. I just like movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I, I do think ultimately it, it was a coincidence, but it is a fun one. And yeah. it, the, the other sort of most interesting thing I learned just from going uh, doing a real deep dive is that like, they were very careful to make sure it was set in a sort of void of time. Like they mm. very carefully made sure to blend all these different like eras and elements of, of New York. So to like disguise when it was set, so it would feel timeless. The the physical, like the locations they chose in terms of like that there would be like infrastructure changes around 2001, 2002 ish that aren't there or, like what exactly what? yeah okay and, and even going farther back like the one that's most interesting to me is 
Well, I, I'm sort of a subway hound, like not just the New York, but any subway. I love trains. Mm-hmm. And and at one point, this this was hard to spot. Uh, in the upside down kiss scene, they pass by a sub they pass by a subway entrance, and they show an assortment of lines that never stopped at the station they listed and and <laughs> never existed at the same time oh <laughs> this, this is fun one of the lines they show there is it, it it doesn't have like a number or a letter like most lines have it just has a little picture of an airplane and it is <laughs> the train to the plane it was this thing they did back in the 80s and you it it's a like an express train that made like five or six stops in Midtown, and huh. it went straight to the airport. Wow! Hmm. So like, so the production designers were like that's such an iconic bit of New Yorkiness, even though it was short lived. That why not include it? Or you know, if and ever whenever you're building a subway station on a soundstage or something, or on a back lot, like it, it, it was that. probably to give it that eighties feel. Yeah. Uh, sort of subconsciously, since you gotta be looking pretty hard and sort of going it over with a fine tooth comb to see it. Mm-hmm. But it, yeah, it, it gives you a feel of like, oh, this is vents. It's not now. Yeah. Right. I always feel that way about like taxi cabs too. In because um, mm-hmm. like these days, most taxi cabs I see are like Priuses or like things with sliding doors or whatever. But like whenever I watch a movie and they have a like an old school Crown Victoria taxi cab, I'm like, oh yeah, like the city. We're in the city now, <laughs> right? Time out. Well, place, I, I, city. I think yeah, I think that blending extends to Roosevelt Island itself because uh-huh. Roosevelt Island is actual is actually pretty funny, it, like. It, the reason the tram it's pretty new it's only from like the early 70s and before that all there was was a bridge and that was pretty recent too and the reason huh. you could get away with no ways to get on this island is that no one lived there oh like starting it, it basically it was where they put stuff you needed a lot of space for municipal buildings like they had hospitals there they had workhouses there like before it was called roosevelt island it was literally called welfare island oh boy because there was (laughs) yeah because there were welfare stuff there huh that's wild yeah uh, uh, rikers island the prison that used to be on that island it, it was just oh. where you where you put all the stuff you need, like you didn't want to stink up Manhattan with. Huh. So, and this is just to clarify. So, uh, after this like fight on the bridge, when they get swept away to like a, a weird ruined building, that is sp- supposed to be on Roosevelt Island. That second location we have the fight in at the end, like that's where uh, we're headed. Th- th- that that part that part is really fun, at least for me. If you like, <laughs> okay. if you enjoy this kind of thing. <laughs> Like if uh, the 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 big the big sort of dilapidated overgrown building they have the final fight in, the, uh-huh. there is there is uh, there is a like old stone ruin on the southern tip of the island. It's called Smallpox Hospital, but I what? do not think that that's what it's supposed to be. Like yeah. it's this national monument, but what I think it is is uh there. The big, the big thing on the island, the sort of famous thing, wasn't the prison. It wasn't the workhouse. It was the insane asylum. Whoa! The, the, there was Whoa. an awful New York insane asylum on Roosevelt Island before it was called that. And huh. like, 
If you've ever heard of Nellie Bly, she was basically the world's first investigative journalist. She very famously checked herself into the lunatic asylum. Not even the staff knew she was there as a reporter. And the conditions were just horrible for absolutely everyone. And she wrote this very serious expose about it that led to serious reforms because no one had heard about this kind of thing before. Right. And that lunatic asylum, like if you had to pick a place for these two guys in masks to fight, I think that's what it's supposed to be because there's still parts of there's still parts of it that stand. They've been sort of like turned into museums or like complexes. But but like I think they mixed this actual ruin and the lunatic asylum. And I think that's where it's supposed to end up being. That is wild. Huh. That sort of creating, um, you know, a, a texture out of not just history, but like, uh, sort of legendary view of a place you know that like a building that might not physically exist but that refers to the the place and time that you're setting it that's i don't know that's that's wild that's really cool and i never thought i never thought about like the implications of the actual physical building that we have our final showdown in like what it meant or what it was supposed to mean i don't know the fact that we have the goblin who's so very clearly modeled on certain outdated modes of um split personality you know disorders and uh psychosis and things like that that it, i kind of adds another layer there that's uh, that i never would have thought about well th- thank you for sharing that that's <laughs> awesome <laughs> I, I think there's yet another layer to it mm. I, I, I've, been sort of, I've been sort of like chewing over this. I hadn't really realized it for quite a while because like I, I first saw this movie when I was a kid, like 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 a lot of like a lot of folks my age, and mm-hmm. I, I hadn't thought about it. But in hindsight, like I think it's one of the cleverest ways, thematically speaking, you it's one of the cleverest places to stage the final battle of this new york movie because peter peter is such a queen's sort of person he's so quintessentially lower class but he's like he's he's ambitious he wants to go to the big city he wants to make something of himself but he still wants to protect his folks back home he's he's like mm-hmm. he, yeah he's he's a grounded guy and mm-hmm. uh, obviously his opponent his enemy is a businessman he's he's supposed to be like old money even before he became the ceo of this like tech science research giant and and he lives in like this really fancy manhattan apartment it's yeah and yeah yeah and so where better to have the final showdown between the Queen's kid and the Manhattan man than the island between Queens and Manhattan <laughs> and the oh, bridge yeah. that separates the two. That is cool. That's very cool. Oh, awesome. I, I am yeah, not very, sure very who was making, observation. Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure who was making these decisions and I am I I think it's very cool and very clever that they did. Yeah, likewise. uh this 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 in particular would have been um would have been either would have been one of the two uh rewriters. I I assume Scott Rosenberg um mm-hmm. would have made that decision because it wasn't in it was not in the in the kept draft uh which was the the original draft of this, but it it, it did this sequence did uh make its way into the shooting draft. So 
I'm assuming Rosenberg had had uh, the most to do with that decision. Huh. New, so. new. I learn something new every day on this show. <laughs> yeah, that is really cool. Yeah, <laughs> it's very cool. Uh, um. All right. Well, I think I think that's all I got for for 104. Um, yeah. 105 is the big one. Uh, yeah. So we'll have uh, we'll have lots of. Uh, Lots of stuff to talk about for uh, 105. Um, so uh, we will be back tomorrow to talk about that. Uh, in the meantime, uh, Adam, do you have uh, anything you'd like to plug? Uh, you can read my writing at lutonbus.net. It's sort of this like collective that a whole bunch of us have gotten together to do. We talk about uh, movies and comics, dork culture, that kind of thing. We get sort of... <laughs> uh, and, we don't always get this degree of like deep and analytical, but like there's always a venue for someone to talk about stuff they know and are interested in on that level of like all this New York stuff. Uh, after Homecoming came out, I actually posted like a, a super exhaustive dive into all the interesting city trivia that is that is related to it. Oh, related to Homecoming. Awesome. Oh, very cool. Love so, to yeah, check that you out. Guys, you guys should definitely go check that out uh, for sure. And uh, we'll be back with more Adam and more Spider-Man tomorrow. Bye, everybody. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.